Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is Live Mike. Check one, two. With Lee Lonsberry. From Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am... Lee Lons, very happy Friday. You know, it's my sixth wedding anniversary today. No, I'm not looking for congratulations. I'm just uh, uh, letting you know that I am eager uh, to get through today's show. Uh, happy to hang out with you uh, for the next hour and a half, but I am much more eager to be hanging out with my beautiful wife here as we celebrate six years together. So uh, that's coming up for me. Uh, coming up for you, though, here is a conversation about tax returns. No, no, no. We're not, I'm, not even, I'm not talking about President Donald Trump's tax returns. I'm talking about yours. Let me ask you, is there a circumstance in which you would uh, you would put on full display, maybe copy and paste, throw it up on Facebook or something? Would you ever uh, be comfortable or desirous to share your tax return with the public? Or, uh, or how about this? Are you curious to know about your neighbor's tax returns? If your neighbor's tax returns... Your cousins, uh, or your professors, uh, or someone at church—if if their tax return was available online, would you uh, would you search for it? Well, it turns out it's not that crazy of an idea. Uh, leafing through the Deseret News the other day, I came across a column written by uh, Jay Evenson, columnist for the Deseret News, and he joins me now. Uh, has just written a column under the title "Why Shouldn't All Our Tax Returns, Not Just Trump's." be made public. He teaches me a little bit of history as well. Uh, Jay, sir, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Lee. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. T- tell me about tell me about history. Let's go back to October of 24. What was going on in October of 24? October 24th, 1924. Uh, so a lot of 24s in there. That was the day that the uh, Calvin Coolidge administration uh, decided to follow the law. Uh, Congress had just passed uh, you know, the Tax Act of 19... 19- 24 that said that uh, all uh, income tax returns should be made public. And so they did basically a data dump on uh, the people of the United States. And newspapers went nuts and the rich people went nuts. And it was a great old time. You had you had papers, uh, for example, reporting that uh, John D. Rockefeller Jr. Uh, paid over seven million dollars in, in taxes. You know, that, that's a lot of money in today's money. I think it's something like $110 million oh my gosh. in income taxes. But then, you know, curiously, uh, you know, J.P. Morgan Jr. paid only 90000 something. Uh, and then, you know, they went through and found other rich people who were missing from the list, didn't pay anything. And, and uh, it raised a bunch of uh, questions. Well, uh, as I said, a lot of wealthy people uh, went nuts and uh, went to Congress and said, what the heck are you doing? And Congress quickly uh, reversed course and uh, changed the law, and, and it's been private ever since. <laughs> so uh, that's what happened in 1924. Uh, and, and so that's absolutely fascinating. It wasn't just the rich folks having their uh, having their tax return numbers or, or their income tax payments made public, but uh, but everyone. 
everyone's was available somewhere. Maybe the papers weren't printing them all, but the the law of the land in uh, 1924 was that everyone uh, everyone's was made public here in the states. Though, since you described uh, the the uproar from the rich folks and their influence on members of Congress to change things, uh, that hasn't been the case. Uh, but there are examples of it uh, in, in modern history. We we look over to Scandinavia; they have something similar, right? Right, Norway. Um, and I believe it's the only country in the world that I could find like this, but they have always made their income taxes um, public record. And uh, the BBC interviewed some woman a couple of years ago, an elderly woman, who remembered when she was younger, there would be a certain day of the year when they would make uh, that year's taxes available. You had to go down to the tax assessor's office and look in these giant books and and you could see whatever you wanted. People would line up down the street uh, in front of these offices so that they could look at these books. But then, you know, in the 2000s, all of a sudden the internet is here and you could, and all this stuff went digital, right? And so you could look up anybody and anything. And they found that that was kind of a problem. Uh, One survey found that uh, 40% of Norwegians were spending a lot of their time just looking up other people's income and income taxes. And they even coined a phrase, they called it tax porn, right? So uh, the government there went in 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 2014 and changed the rules and said, you can still still look up whoever you want, but we are going to notify the people whose information you are looking up that you are the one who looked it up by name. Mm. And... All of a sudden, overnight, uh, the number of searches dropped considerably. <laughs> so, you know, my feeling is people were still probably looking up celebrities and government officials, but there was a lot less looking at the neighbor down the street kind of a thing. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Well, listen, Jay Evenson, thank you so much for that glimpse into history and this, uh, this interesting uh, scenario. And, and, and who knows what the appetite for something like this might be today. I, I suspect there'd be much resistance, but I also suspect that should uh, should a system like this be reinstated here in the United States as it was in 1924 uh, with our online accessibility, that uh, there would be a good number of eyes uh, scouring through just as they've seen in Norway. I know I'd be clicking and clacking around. Uh, Jay Evenson with the Deseret News. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Uh, so th- this this raises a number of questions. So let's put ourselves uh, in this hypothetical world where you have access to everyone's tax returns. And, say, leaders of business have access to your tax returns. They know about what you are paying in federal income tax. Now, as we have learned in the Trump case, uh, and and you can certainly observe in in your own uh, tax filings, how much income tax we pay is not necessarily uh, a a communicative number when it comes to our income. And so, you know, this data may not exactly communicate to our neighbor how much we're making, uh, we might not be able to know how much our coworker is making, but uh, but there are certain generalities that I believe could be extracted from uh, big data of that sort. Uh, and I wonder what the impact on the economy would be, uh, the pricing of goods and services. Would that change if we had such a, a detailed and intimate knowledge of our neighbor's income tax? I don't know. What do you think? I want to open up the phones and have a conversation about this. Would you be willing uh, to publicly disclose your tax returns? Should all tax returns be made public? The number is 801-575-8255. 801-575-8255. Give me a call. We'll take a break now. When we come back, uh, you and I will debate making tax returns public, not just for the elected officials, but everyone. That's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.
Lee Lonsberry. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. Let me again throw this question out. It's one we've been looking at for the uh, past uh, 20 minutes or so, and it has to do uh, with tax returns. You heard that conversation I had with Deseret News columnist Jay Evenson. He has a, a, a new column published today in the Deseret News, which asked the, the question, uh, should, should our tax returns all be made public? Why shouldn't all our tax returns, not just Donald Trump's, be made public? And it's not a wild, uh, out-of-left-field notion. In fact, there is precedent for it here in the United States. In October of 1924, there was a law on the books uh, which allowed for the public disclosure. In fact, it required the public disclosure of all tax returns. All tax returns. And that gave way to uh, some <laughs> some enterprising uh, newspaper editors who said, "Hey, you know what? How about uh, how about we scour these records and we find the like the real rich folks and we publish their tax payments?" Yeah, so John D. Rockefeller Jr.'s name uh, gets printed in there, along with a disclosure of his payment of seven point four million dollars. Now that's in 1924. You heard Jay Evenson do the math. Uh, that equates in today's dollars to a sum of $100 million plus. J.P. Morgan that same year, J.P. Morgan Jr., that is, paid only 98000 only 98000 in 1924 dollars. Do the math on that. That's multiple millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars uh, in today's money. So I want to know, if you, if, if this were the law today, if say, say this 1924 law was on the books today, uh, and you had the ability to uh, peep into your neighbor's tax returns uh, or your maybe your boss's tax returns. How, how is she doing? Uh, or maybe members of your family. You're curious about how they're doing. You want to look and see what kind of income tax they're paying. Uh, w- would you? Would you? And how about this? How about this question? Producer Amy asked me in the commercial break this question. I think it's a real good one. Uh, if you could look into anyone's taxes, whose would you look at? Whose would uh, you look at? Which name would you type into the, the tax return Google machine uh, and learn about their income tax? If you want to weigh in, 801-575-8255, 801-575-8255. You can also text in uh, at 575-00, is the Utah Community Credit Union Text line. Uh, Here's an interesting response. And if I'm honest, I think I feel exactly the same way. I got this text message in just a moment ago at 57500. It reads, I'd love to see my neighbor's tax return, but I don't want them to see mine. Right? I'd love to see my neighbor's tax return, but I don't want them seeing mine. No, 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 no. I think I feel the same way. But you do have to understand, uh, as we have learned uh, in the Trump example, and you certainly understand as you prepare your own taxes each year, uh, at the end of the day, you know, whether you prepare them yourself or you hire someone to help prepare your taxes, the number at the end of the process that you end up owing, the dollar amount you owe the IRS, is not necessarily, not necessarily a direct indicator of how much you make. Right. It's not like you could Google someone and know exactly what their income is. You could guess, you know, you could certainly guess. 
um, but you, you wouldn't exactly know income. And there were some fears about that uh, in 24, and there are some fears about that today, certainly, uh, because if there were publicly searchable data which gave a precise picture of an individual's income, how is that not just a menu for burglars, right? How is that not just a menu for fraudsters who are looking for uh, targets, right? So in 24, it was just the name and the taxes paid. That was the information uh, that was available, not the full tax return. Not the full tax return. Uh, I would probably look up celebrities. Uh, I would be very curious to see, uh, you know, here's the thing, sports figures too. I, I'd be very curious about sports figures. Why? Well, because we, 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 in that case, would kind of have both sides of the equation. We would, you know, for the most part, we know about the big names in sports. We know about uh, the contracts they sign. And we, to a certain extent, are able to get a sense of uh, the, the value of their endorsement deals. So we can guess pretty precisely, or at least ascertain, the, the income of an athlete. And then, if we were to then know how much they paid in taxes, uh, we could do the little bit of math and see, oh my gosh, they were able to write off a lot, <laughs> All right? And then maybe you find the athlete who is uh, most adept at, uh, at writing off taxes or lowering their, <laughs> lowering their tax liability, and we hire that tax man. <laughs> well, that tax preparer uh, has some tricks up their sleeve. Well, wouldn't mind them helping me out. Uh, some more text messages uh, coming up here. Here's one. It reads, I really do not like the idea of our tax returns being made public unless someone is a public servant. For private citizens, uh, that's totally uncalled for. I, I, don't, I don't entirely disagree with that one. Um, and here's why. When I was working in Washington, uh, I was, I was a, an employee of the federal government. My my income was derived from taxpayer money. And you may not know this if that for anyone, for any employee of the of the government and when their income is derived from taxpayer money, that is on full display. You can Google what I used to make watch, working out in Washington, D.C. You can, any any staffer, uh, anyone working for the federal government, all these individuals in uh, Trump's circle who are coming down with the COVID, uh, the, you, you, we can learn exactly what they make. Now, this is different than uh, tax returns. Uh, in fact, it's, it's more revealing. Uh, but because it is taxpayer money going out, uh, it is the public's right to know. And uh, and it kind of makes things interesting when it comes time for, uh, say, uh, like salary negotiations. When you can when you can quite literally Google the compensation of your counterparts, uh, it, it kind of changes the nature of negotiation. And uh, a full public revelation of tax returns from, from coast to coast, that may have similar impacts. Before we go to break here, let me open up the phone lines to Sarah from Riverton has some thoughts on this. Sarah, what do you say? I say it's really sad when people have become so petty and judgmental and condemning that they have to worry about what everyone else is making and know their tax returns. I think it's ridiculous that people even care or want to know. It's nobody's business. It's not my business. It's no one's business. And it's really sad that that's what the focus would be on is how much is my neighbor, whoever else making. And it's so petty that I compare myself and judge other people and condemn them for what they make and I make. And it's just really a sad thing to me that people mm. have put their their focus and emphasis on the material things of this world instead of what's really important. What about like this? Loving your neighbor. How about loving your neighbor? How about worrying about what they need or what can I do to help? Not, oh, how much are they making? And I'm going to condemn and judge them instead of just being loving and, and helping them. 
Yeah. Uh, Sarah, thanks for the call. T- to that I would say, uh, I'm not sure that that would necessarily be the prime motivation of individuals. Sarah brought up those who are in need. Uh, what if there were some charitable folks coming through tax returns and from those able to extract some sense of how people were doing financially and use that information to extend a hand? Or how about this? What if you are, as, as I mentioned a moment ago, when my salary was a public thing as I was a, a federal employee, uh, knowing, having a better understanding of what your counterparts are making and taking that information uh, to the negotiating table? It doesn't necessarily uh, indicate some voyeuristic uh, tendency of the American people if we are curious about how uh, our neighbors are doing financially. There may be uh, noble intentions. There may be strategic intentions there. It's not necessarily, uh, uh, you know, a nasty peeping Tom syndrome. Uh, anyway, we are going to take a break. When we return, uh, I want to talk to you a bit more about the debates. Okay, Uh, not just the vice presidential debate, not just the presidential debate, not the uh, will it or won't it take place presidential debates on the horizon, uh, but the idea of debates in general and how much of what you see informs what you do at the ballot box. There are some surveys that indicate uh, that these debates may have a much larger impact on our voting behavior than you might think. Details next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.